Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Got your Bible out there? Anyone else need a copy of the notes? Raise your hand. Some in the back over here and around. Over there on that side. Over here in the middle. Let's hold our Bibles to heaven and say thank you, Father, for your holy written word. It's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your words are life to me and health to all of my flesh. I have what your word says I have. I am what your word says I am. I can do what your word says I can do. Holy Spirit, anoint my ears to hear, my heart to receive, and my mind to be open to the knowledge of the truth that makes me free. Quicken me according to the word. Change me from glory to glory. And I boldly say, I will never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. We're going to talk about the sacrifice of praise for a few moments here this morning. Hebrews 13, verse 15 is our text. By him, who's him? Jesus. Let us offer the sacrifice of praise to whom? To God. Continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto his name. You take that verse of scripture, you isolate it, pull it out of its context. It's a wonderful scripture, but there's a whole lot of meaning to it. A whole lot of meaning. Why? Because sacrifice plays a vital role in the life of a child of God. It's so important to us that God says that we should do it, offer this sacrifice of praise every other Tuesday. (laughs) How often? continually amen well what is the sacrifice of praise what is it he tells us in the text giving thanks to his name can you say it with me thank you Jesus thank you Jesus that's simple that's pretty simple isn't it well see it wasn't simple for them because back then sacrifice was a whole lot different Now, it's the core of our Christian faith. We understand it. Back then, though, this is how they had to do it. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, let's look at the first four verses. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of those things, of the things, can never, everybody say never, never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year, continually, not every other Tuesday, make the comers therein too perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered? Because that the worshippers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices there is remembrance again made of sins every year. It is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. The sacrificial uh, system was set up under the Mosaic law. And the people were commanded to keep these sacrifices. Now can you imagine having to do what they did? You had your sin offering. You had your trespass offering. You had your meal offering. You had your peace offering. You had your burnt offering. Those are the five offerings, the main ones, four of which you had to sacrifice an animal. Can you imagine having to do this just to be able to fellowship with God? All we have to do is come and say, 
thank you. But what they had to do was a mess. Think about it. To have that fellowship with God, they had to offer up all these sacrifices. And if you did it, if you kept the commandment and you did it the way God asked you to do it, guess what? You were acting in obedience. You were demonstrating trust. And you were also carrying out what is called repentance. Obedience to follow every detailed command as to how to offer the sacrifice. Trust. You had to trust God even to provide for the animal sacrifices because it wasn't cheap. It was expensive. But then also repentance. Every time they killed a sacrificial animal, the life of an innocent for the life of the guilty. Life of the innocent for the life of the guilty. That's exactly what they did constantly, year after year after year after year. Imagine that. Can you imagine how much blood of bulls and goats and animals, pigeons and turtle doves and all that has been sacrificed over those many years? Wow. But we also understand this. These sacrifices were intended to be God's merciful stepping out toward them to help them have a time of fellowship with him. And there's a picture out there in the narthex area of our church and you can see the tabernacle that's set up in the wilderness and you can see the Shekinah glory coming down and the fire of God coming down from heaven. You can see all the tents of all the people outside the tabernacle and you can see the eastern gate. Okay. And you know how the scripture says I'll enter your gates with thanksgiving my heart to your courts with praise. The gate, you come in through the one gate then you go to the courtyard. Then you have the holy place and you have the most holy place. Where were all the people? On the outside. You worship from a distance. You didn't have that close access to God. You worship afar off, far away. See, blood of bulls and goats cannot get you any closer to God. And so it wasn't working. And God knew that it wouldn't work. But those sacrifices also were types and shadows of what Christ would have to do. See, Christ would come. Why? Because those sacrifices can never take away sin and never pay man's sin debt. Look in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 once again. Now let's start with verse 5. Look at these verses. So important. Wherefore when he cometh into the world. Did you know he said something when he came into the world? When Mary was down here saying, be it unto me according to your word. He was up there saying, sacrifice and burnt offering thou wouldest not. Notice burnt offering thou wouldest not. Uh offering that what it's not but a body that has thou prepared for me in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you have had no pleasure God took no pleasure in all those sacrifices so when he came into the world this is what he said but a body you prepared me then lo said I uh, lo I said I lo I come in the volume of the book as it is written to me to do thy will O God above when he said sacrifice and offering notice and burnt offerings and offering for sin thou wouldest not neither had his pleasure therein which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come, in the, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first and he established the second. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never, everybody say never. Never, never take away sin. But this man after he offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till all his enemies be made his footstool. 
by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified say with me I am perfected forever by the offering of Christ wherefore the Holy Ghost also was a witness to us for after that he had said this is the covenant that I'll make with them after those days saith the Lord I will put my laws in their hearts and their minds will I write them and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more remember those animal sacrifices there was remembrance of sin year after year after year after year after year now listen where remission of these is there is no more offering for sin the last animal was sacrificed the perfect sacrifice came Jesus was not just another sacrifice Jesus was the perfect sacrifice the sacrifice of his own body of his own life to set us free and deliver us from all the powers of darkness and evil and his blood perfects every single one of us who is sanctified by it hallelujah so there's no more need to bring a turtle dove there's no more need to bring a a lamb or a bull or a pigeon just bring your mouth filled with praise and give thanks to his name and say thank you for saving me thank you for healing me thank you for delivering me thank you for setting me free thank you for providing for me thank you for loving me thank you for caring for me Jesus I thank you and I give you all the glory I give thanks to your name Jehovah Jireh Jehovah Rapha Jehovah Sidkenu Jehovah Mekadesh or Mekadesh Jehovah Shalom the Lord my peace Jehovah Sidkenu you're my righteousness Jehovah Ruah you are my shepherd I give thanks to your name El Shaddai you're the God of plenty you're more than enough I thank you I thank you I thank you look at verse 19 of that same text Hebrews chapter 10 now remember animal sacrifices got them close to God but it was still at a distance having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holiest the holiest we entered into the holiest this morning by the blood of Jesus only one pool of blood only one pool of blood there's not many pools of blood there's one pool of blood by one pool of blood all man was created in Adam by that same pool of blood all men die but by one pool of blood the precious blood the holy blood the priceless blood of the Lamb of God are all men saved hallelujah the blood of Jesus thanks be to God for the blood of Jesus oh glory to God well we're to give thanks to his name and sacrifice praise but you know as well as I do that this takes discipline on our part there's times when you and I don't feel like praising him sometimes on a Sunday morning when I see Tammy up here standing come on come on come on let's praise him right how many know there's a big huge difference between hallelujah coming from your diaphragm rising up from your toes 
and then coming out of your mouth. Notice he said it's the fruit of your lips that gives thanks. Did you know for it to be fruit, it can't just be you saying, say hallelujah. Go ahead, say hallelujah. hallelujah. Oh, say praise the Lord. You're just re repeating what I'm saying. That's not the fruit of your lips. It's when you're sitting back in your easy chair or you're driving down the highway and you're thinking in your mind, you know what, I was a rascal yesterday. Lord, I was a rascal yesterday. You know, and uh, man, I did some things I shouldn't have done. And I don't know. I'll tell you what, I'm kind of disappointed in myself and I feel a little bit of guilt and now the devil comes along and brings condemnation. But I just stopped to think about something just for a moment. I thought about, there's nothing I could do to get into your kingdom. I know that. It took the blood of Jesus. I read somewhere in your Bible that it says, if you confess your sin, you're faithful and just to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I found that in 1 John 1, 9. And you know what, Lord? I am truly sorry for being that rascal yesterday. I'm asking you to cleanse me by the blood of the Lamb. And I found out that your word says, not only will, be I, will I be forgiven of my sin, but also I'll be relieved of the debt the sin debt or the consequence of my sin. So Jesus, I'm thanking you right now for the flow of your blood to hit me on the top of my head and go on down to my toes and come on back and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I receive it now. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That's giving thanks and praising God. Not because I just said to say hallelujah. It comes out of here. It comes out of here. Hallelujah. I remember one time I was going off to have lunch. And I was just meditating some scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And I believe it talks about how Jesus has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. And I just started to meditate that wisdom means he gives me the ability to carry out knowledge and understanding in a positive way, practical way in my life. He's been made to me wisdom, righteousness. My standing before the throne of God is not based on anything I have done or I have not done. And I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking it's all based on what you did, Jesus, not what I did. Yes. Sanctification, my separation from everything in this world. You separated me. You have sanctified me by your blood and by your grace. And I thank you that I'm sanctified in your name. And redemption. And I thought about the word redemption, what it means. Thank God for redemption. I've been redeemed, liberated, delivered, and set free from all the effects of the fall, all the effects of sin, death. Thank God all the demon powers of darkness have no place over me. I'm no longer under their jurisdiction. I'm in the jurisdiction of the kingdom of God. And Jesus is the Lord of my life, not the devil. And so I was really in deep thought and meditation. And I walked into the store. And when I walked into the store, I just said, glory to God. Hallelujah. Before long, I knew I didn't realize where I was at. And I looked all around me and I saw all these people looking at me like, That is worship and praise from the heart. That's what it's all about. Not just repeating what someone else says to say. Can you see that? We don't always feel like doing it. Our feelings change from moment to moment. And we don't always feel like doing it. But if we've been told to do it continually, we've got to discipline ourselves. We've got to train ourselves. Remember in Acts chapter 16, verses 25, 26. Remember when Paul and Silas were taken into prison? 
And they were whipped, they were beaten, all that. I mean, their backs are bleeding and they're in the stalks and they're in the inner prison with all the human waste and all that stuff that's in there. And I mean, it's an awful place to be in. Well, at night, at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and they sang, gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark, depression, excessive misery. If it were for bad luck, I wouldn't have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. And that's what they sang while they were there in prison. Because you see, they were whipped. They were beaten. I mean to tell you that they were just spent. They were serving God. And here they are in this inner prison, probably waiting, you know, a death sentence in the morning. No, they sang praises unto God. And guess what? The prisoners heard them. They weren't quiet about it. The prisoners heard them. And suddenly, oh, hallelujah. Notice after you, prayer is taking your problem to God. Singing praises is bringing God into your situation. And then when God comes into the situation, there's a suddenly that takes place. There was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. Hallelujah. See, God, when we praise him from the heart, even though we may not feel like it, our flesh doesn't feel like it, we've got to train it to do the right thing. Well, someone might say, well, well, you know, when God gives me a reason to praise him, I will praise him then. <clears throat> you don't want to say that around here. You look at Psalm 40. You want a reason to praise him? I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet on a rock and established my goings. He had put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, see, that's prophetic. You realize that that's a prophetic psalm. And it's talking about the Messiah. It's talking about the fact that Jesus, like quicksand, he went down to the lowest, the lowest pit, as the scripture says, and down further and further and further into the miry clay, in, in the place of perdition. And so he went down, down, down. He waited patiently for those moments in history to pass by when he satisfied the claims of justice, when he did his part to see to it that he took upon himself our sin, burden, guilt, and shame and paid our debt in full. And praise God, the Father brought him up out of the miry clay. But you say, what's that got to do with me? When he came out, you came out, praise God. When he came up, you came up, praise God. Glory to God. He brought you up out of the miry clay he puts your feet on solid ground you're no longer in perdition you are in holiness and godliness and righteousness and truth and you stand right before almighty God he put a new song in your heart and what is that song it's not gloom despair and agony on me it's amazing grace how great the sound that saved a one like me <laughs> hallelujah it's a song. I, I know exactly what they sang. What they sang over there in, the, in that uh, jailhouse. Paul and Silas. They sang. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long, continually, and they sang it from the depth of their soul. Hallelujah. You know when Jehoshaphat was faced with three armies coming to destroy them from the planet, what did they do? Sent out the praisers. 
And when they began to sing and say, praise the Lord for his good, his mercy endures forever, then everyone, everybody was uh, confounded and they were all defeated. Amen. Remember 2 Chronicles 5, 11 through 14 when it says they all came out together? They were sanctified, they were purified, they were unified. And when they said the Lord's good, his mercy endures forever, that the place was filled with the cloud, even the house of the Lord, with the house and the glory of God, the cloud of God filled the house of God. In other words, when you praise him from the depth of your soul and you mean it from your heart because you have a revelation of how good God really is, he inhabits your praises. He shows up on the scene, praise God, of your life and makes good his promise. Now, uh, point four, reasons to sacrifice, praise, and give thanks to the Lord. We'll do it quickly. Number one, he is worthy of it. Is he worthy of it? Real quick, Psalm 18, verse three. Psalm 18, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. You don't feel like it, you say. I don't feel like it. Why? I'm having all these troubles. I'm going through all this. I'm going through all that. I just don't feel like praising the Lord today. Don't get around here, this praise ye the Lord stuff and all that. You read the last part of the verse? So shall I be saved from mine enemies. You realize when you praise him, he becomes an enemy to your enemy and an adversary to your adversary. You realize when you praise him, he fills your heart with joy, which is your strength. Hallelujah. And the enemy is defeated. Praise God. Number two. Another reason to praise the Lord is found uh, in 1 Peter, and it says it's our primary calling. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5, 5 and 9. Ye also as lively stones. Any lively stones out there? Any deadly stones out there? Lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. What's your spiritual sacrifice? The fruit of your lips, giving thanks to his name. Look at verse 9. And verse 9 says, but you are cho- you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar, blood-bought, redeemed people that you should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. Hallelujah. So that's our calling. It's our calling to praise him. Our first ministry is to him, to worship him and honor him and glorify him. Number three, it's also his will for every single one of us. Look in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, for all believers, it's his will. Everybody wants to know the will of God. Well, the will of God is revealed right here. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Notice it doesn't say for everything, but in everything. In everything, in every situation we find ourselves in, what are we supposed to do? Give thanks to his name. Give thanks to his name. When I'm weak, let the weak say I'm strong and give thanks to his name. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they find safety and refuge in there. Number four, next. Another reason is because it ushers in the presence of God. In Psalm 22 and verse three, it ushers in the presence of the living God. Hallelujah. As we saw here this morning, when you praise him from the heart and the depth of your soul, it ushers in the presence of the living God. It says, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabits the praises of Israel or your people. You inhabit our praises. That means you dwell in, you live in, you manifest yourself in the praises of your people. And then also, and you're going to love this, and if you have to change this in your notes there, it's Psalm 149. Psalm 149, not Psalm 145, but Psalm 149, verses 5 through 9. Look what it does to that which is evil. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in her hand 
to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments unto the people, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute upon them the judgment written, this honor have all his saints, praise ye the Lord. Did you get that? When you and I begin to praise God from the depth of our soul with understanding and we truly, truly bless him, just like the days of Jehoshaphat, judgment, we execute judgment upon the enemy. They were confounded. They destroyed each other. The devil gets confused. You know why he gets confused? Because you're hurting and you should be sad and you should be down and singing gloom and despair and agony on me. But instead you're going, hallelujah, hallelujah, glory to God. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Greater is he that's in me. And he's looking at you like he's confused. You should be down and distraught. You should be in despair. You should be agonizing over your problem. But you're praising God. I don't understand it. That's what Paul did. That's what Silas did. They just begin to praise God and magnify the Lord and rejoice in him. You notice when they came to the walls of Jericho, praise brought down those walls. They shouted to God with a voice of triumph and the walls came tumbling down so God wants us to praise him no matter how we feel about situations and how our feelings are acting up train them and discipline them to do what praise God no matter what the circumstance might be but then also it expresses our deepest gratitude think about this for the sacrifice that Jesus made for us on Calvary's cross you realize we should never get to the place that the the revelation of his sacrifice is just mundane it's just, oh, I get used to it. I, I know all that. You know what? It should drive us to our knees. It should drive us to our knees. What you did for me, I could never do for myself. I am so thankful to you, Father, for sending Jesus to die for me. You've given me a joy unspeakable and full of glory. And you know what? We should every single day fuel that in our lives. Let's close by giving you how to praise him. How to praise him. First of all, with our lips. Look at Psalm 63. And verse 3, because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. What did Hebrews 13, 15 say? The fruit of our lips, giving thanks. So how am my lips going to praise him? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Let me ask you a question. When someone does something for you, I mean really something for you that just blessed your socks off, do you say thank you? have you ever held the door open for someone and they walked out as you held it wide open for them and it was cold when you were doing it and the snow was blowing like it's out there today and then you let them walk in and they walked right on in and never said thank you to you have you ever had that happen be honest with me now did you shut the door and come and just say you're welcome <laughs> come on be on how many of you have done that Thank you for your honesty. Right, we've all done that, right? So in other words, where's your gratitude? Where's your thanksgiving? Where's your appreciation that I held the door for you? And we can look at that both ways. Humble yourself and just receive it. Just forget about it, right? But on the other hand, you want to say, where's your, you know, gratitude? Where's your uh, thankfulness that I did something nice for you? Jesus did for all of us what we could never do for ourselves his gift is unspeakable Paul said it's the gift beyond words it's indescribable 
It's unexplainable. It's a gift that transcends human thought and understanding. It surpasses any kind of human wisdom and even the demon forces weren't wise enough to catch on to what God was doing. It is a, a love for us and humanity, a sacrifice that he made for us that transcends length, breadth, depth, height. It surpasses time. It goes beyond all understanding. This is a sacrifice that you and I should embrace to the depth of our souls and just emerge with a thank you. We don't bring a dove. We don't bring a pigeon. We don't bring a bull. We don't bring lambs. We don't bring anything but thank you with our lips. And what about with our bodies? Oh, what's the next one up there? Put the next one up there. With uplifted hands with our bodies. Look at the next verse, verse 4. Thus will I bless thee while I live. Are you living? I will lift up my hands in thy name. I know when I first got saved, I sat on my hands when I was in a Pentecostal church. I didn't lift up my hands. I sat on them. And I said, there's not, a, there's not a pry bar in this place that can get my hands out from where I'm sitting on them. No possible way. I stayed there for a few weeks. And the next thing I know was like this. I was there a couple more weeks. And next thing I was like this. I was there for about a month. And next thing I was like this. See, I got the revelation just like a little one comes up to you and, and, and like a two-year-old or a one-year-old and walks up to you and well, how does it make you feel when, when they look at you and they're right here at your knee and they go like this? How does that make you feel? And you reach down and you pick them up and you love on them and you hug them. You see, the thing we don't realize is this. What you're doing to your father is that same thing. You're going, I need you. I love you. I find peace in you, comfort, security. I'm lifting my hands in your name. I depend on you completely. See, independent of self, dependent on you. That's what you're saying. That's why we lift up hands. Not to be crazed people, but we lift up our hands in the name of the Lord. And then also, I like this one, on bended knees. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, look at that, on bended knees. Look at the Psalm 95. Oh, come, let us worship and do what? Bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our what? Who made us? He did, not we ourselves. So if he made us, does he have a right to tell us how to approach his presence? Psalm 100 says, for us to enter his gates with what? Thanksgiving in our hearts. His courts with what? Okay, so if you see the tabernacle there, his gate with thanksgiving, the courtyard with praise, the holiest by the blood of Jesus, not the sacrificial blood of a lamb, but the blood of Jesus, and that's why you and I have access to the holiest place of God's presence, and all we have to do is enter in with thanksgiving and nothing else, but it takes revelation, okay, finally, also, look at Psalm 150 with musical instruments. With musical instruments. 
The beginning of the song says, praise the Lord, praise ye the Lord, praise him in the sanctuary, praise him in the firm of his power, praise him for his mighty acts or explosions of almightiness, praise him with the sound of the trumpet, praise him with the psaltery and harp, praise him with the timbrel and dance, praise him with stringed instruments and organs, praise him upon the loud cymbals, praise him with high sounding cymbals. Then it goes on to say, let everything that hath breath, everything that hath breath, everything that hath breath, do what? Praise ye the Lord. Do you have breath this morning? Then what are we supposed to do? So thanksgiving, giving thanks to his name is our what? Sacrifice of praise. It takes the place of sacrificial animals. We don't have to sacrifice turtle doves anymore. Just praise from our lips. And why is it a sacrifice? Because you don't feel like it. Because I don't feel like it. When you get up every morning, you don't feel like it, but you sacrifice it. And what does God do? He inhabits it. Look at the closing thought I have here for you. Praise honors God. Sets the stage for God to move. It fuels our joy that's unspeakable. And what does joy do? It's our strength. It knocks down the walls of resistance like Jericho. It steals the enemy. This, it's dispels darkness and depression it's the highway that faith travels on it brings God on the scene it's the privilege of every child of God and just in case we had any thoughts about not committing to doing it look at, look at Deuteronomy 28 and verses 47 and 48 because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of all things therefore you shall serve your enemy notice your enemies whom the Lord will send against you in hunger, in thirst, in nakedness, and in need of everything. And he will put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. Would you rather be yoked up to the enemy who wants to destroy us? Or would you rather be yoked up to the God that you serve who wants to bless you with everything that you can imagine? Who has actually blessed us with every blessing? So in other words, praise and worship and thankfulness of heart yokes us up together with the living God murmuring and complaining complaining and you know agony and deep dark depression and all that yokes us up together with the devil in his bunch so in other words take your pick would you rather be a complainer and a murmurer or would you rather be someone who is joyfully shouting the praise of almighty God so God can arise and your enemy can be scattered <clears throat> clap your hands all you people shout to the Lord with the voice of triumph Amen. Let God arise and every enemy be scattered. Hi, Pastor Bill here. I want to thank you for joining us today. On behalf of my wife, Krista, and Krista Selby Church, I want you to know that we're here to serve you and your family. Whether you have young children or kids in elementary school, if you're a teenager or a young adult, we have a passion to provide a safe and comfortable environment where you can grow in God and build a solid foundation of His love for you. And with that foundation, we encourage you to take the gospel of Jesus Christ with you wherever you go. It is our heart at Christian Assembly to be an outreach, to be the hand of God toward Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. We want to join as the body of Christ to make one last trumpet call before the final trumpet sound. And through a life of worship, bring in a harvest of people. With whatever gifts God has given you, we want you to be free to share those gifts and talents. Life is most fulfilled when we share God's love with others. And in all that we do, we want to demonstrate the power of the name of Jesus to the world through a ministry of excellence to God first and then also to you. So whatever the situation, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I want you to know that we love you and God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And that plan begins 
by making Jesus the Lord and the Savior of your life. And if you've never made that decision yet, I'd like to invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. And if you will, Jesus will become your Savior and your Lord. Just repeat after me this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I now accept you and receive you as my personal Savior and Lord. Heavenly Father, I have called on the name of Jesus. I'm now your child in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.